0: Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 20, and we're going to look at verse 30 and 31. This is the last book of the Gospel series that we'll be looking at this morning, and we'll be looking at the subject of Jesus as being the Son of God. We started six weeks ago in the book of Matthew. I'm not going to have a long introduction of of what we've already gone through, but we've we've talked about. We looked at Matthew, and it focused on Jesus being the king. We looked at Mark, and it focused on Jesus being the servant and a suffering servant. Last week, we finished our second uh, sermon in the book of Luke, and we looked at Jesus' humanity, and we also noticed that Jesus came to this world seeking man. So today, we're going to look in the book of John that shows us that Jesus is the Son of God. And, And I want us to notice a couple of things before I start about the book of John. Do you realize that the book of John was written in 90 A.D.? 90 A.D. We know that Jesus was crucified, and I'm not going to come up with a specific year, but around 30 A.D. is when Jesus was crucified So John wrote the Gospel of John 60 years later. And you know, and some of us go, wow, man, he must have had a great memory. If he wrote the book of John 60 years later, and he remembers some of the very quotes as you go through the book of John, if you've got a red-lettered edition Bible, you realize that he quotes Jesus. Well, there's something that we need to pay close attention to. When we look in our Bibles, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word, inspiration of God, means that it was God-breathed, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instructions in righteousness. Then in 2 Peter 1 and 20, it says, Know this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any Private interpretation. In other words, when we look at the Scriptures in the book of John, understand that this is not what John remembered. It's not of his private interpretation. It goes on, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The author of this book right here is one author, and that's the Holy Spirit of God we look and we think, wow, what an amazing thing that he was able to write these things 60 years after he was around Jesus and wrote it with such accuracy. Well, if you you want to look at that and say, wow, 60 years, well, do you realize that Moses was about 1,500 years after the, the earth was formed by God in creation and and Moses wrote the conversation that Adam and Eve and God had in the garden together because by, the, by Moses being led of the Holy Spirit, he was able to recount all of those things, all of the stories of Abraham, all of the events of Noah. All, all of those events were recorded by Moses because God inspired him and gave him the words to say. So we shouldn't be surprised that John was so accurate some 60 years after he was around Jesus when he walked on the earth with him. Another thing that I think you will find interesting is the fact that of the four Gospels, John is the only one that is written in chronological order. Now, we know the book of Matthew and the book of Luke, they start off by speaking of the birth of Jesus so it kind of seems like, well, yeah, they're starting off in chronological order. Well, it did. It started off with the birth of Jesus, but then as Jesus served on the earth, those three or three and a half years, the 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 miracle, some miracles, they just they were all in the chronological order. But the Book of John is pretty accurate in its chronological order. As a matter of fact, when we look at the Book of John. We're going to begin by looking in John chapter 1 in just a few minutes. You can, uh, Well, I told you to be in John 20, didn't I? We'll read that one and then go to John chapter 1. But what we're going to see is uh, in John chapter 1 and 1, it's going to speak to us about the pre-existence of Jesus. We're about 18 verses there. It's going to talk about where Jesus was and who He was even before He came to this earth. In uh, chapters 1 through 4, you're going to see his first year of ministry. Chapter 5 is going to speak of his second year of ministry. Chapter 6 through 12 will speak of his third year of ministry. 12 through 19 is going to be his last week, the crucifixion. And then the last two chapters, 19 through 21, is going to be speaking, or the last three chapters, is going to be speaking about the 40 days that he was on this earth after the resurrection. So, no other gospel gives us a chronological order of events except for the book of John. So, let's get down to it. Jesus, the Son of God. Looking with me in John chapter 20 and verse 30, these are the words that John writes concerning Jesus. verse 30 it says, "...and many other signs truly..." did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. So John says, I want you to know I wrote these things God inspired me through the Holy Spirit to write these things so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the one that was written about before time in the Old Testament, the Messiah to come, the very Son of God that you might believe and have life everlasting. This is the reason. This verse right here sums up the whole reason we have the book of John with us. So let's flip back to John chapter 1, and let's begin right there. In John chapter 1, we're going to see who John says that Jesus is. Where He began, where His beginning was. Who was this Jesus? John chapter 1 and verse 1, it tells us there, In the beginning was the Word, And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, who is the Word here? Jesus. All right, then let's read it again. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Let me tell you right now there's people all around the world that will stop listening to this message because I just said that Jesus is God. Uh, Many people don't believe in what we believe, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three, yet one. You see, many people don't believe that just like you and I are three in one, we were made in the image of God. And I don't have time to go into that message. If you've heard any of my teaching over the last three or four weeks, on Wednesday night or in Sunday school... I, I'm telling you, the Bible tells us that we have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have flesh. Okay? All three of those are in, inside, all three of them are inside of us. We are three, yet one. So when Jesus sat here and He proclaims, He says, And the Word was God. Understand, the Scripture teaches us that God the Father... God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. Verse number 2, The same, this Jesus, was in the beginning with God. If you'll go back into Genesis, you'll see that in, I think it's in chapter 1, this is what God says. He says, Let us make man in our image. Did you notice those two pronouns? Let us make man in our image. Just, let's make man just like us. Three, yet one. Verse number three, all things were made by Him, Jesus, and without Him, in other words, without Jesus, was not anything made that was made. Well, let's flip over, look in Colossians with me real quick. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And verse number 14. Because I thought, I thought God made everything. Well, this says that without Him was not anything made that was made. We go back to Genesis 1 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Well, is God Jesus? Yeah. Is Jesus God? Well, yeah. So, when we look in in, uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 14, notice what it says. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Whose blood? Jesus. So, we can read that verse. In Jesus we have redemption through Jesus' blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God. Okay, who is that who right there? Gee, oh, okay. So in verse 15 we can say, So Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him, who is that again? Jesus. For by Jesus were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him, Jesus, and for Him. So when we read this and we see in the beginning, we see that Jesus is God and God is Jesus and we see that Jesus is the image. He is the fleshly part of the invisible God. So we see that as as the image of the Trinity or God in three persons yet there is only one God. We see that in Jesus and Jesus is the one, according to verse number 3, Three, all things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse number 4, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. In other words, in Jesus is salvation. If you do not have Jesus, you do not have life. If you do not have the light of Jesus, you are still in darkness, according to the Scriptures. Verse number 5, And the light shineth into the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of this light, which is Jesus, that all men through him might believe, He was not the light. In other words, John. John was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. In other words, John was sent to tell people about Jesus. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh unto the world. Now, I have to tell you, I don't really comprehend that. Because it says, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh unto the world. I believe that Scripture lets us know that every man has an opportunity for salvation. Okay? Just like it says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 18, it says that no man will have an excuse when he stands before God. He says, I put enough evidence in creation for you to know that there is a God. So, no man is... Jesus was sent that every man might have an opportunity for salvation. Verse number 10, he was in the world... And the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came into His own. In other words, He came to the Jewish people, and His own received Him not. But as many as receive Him, to them gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. The Bible tells us right here that He gives us the right to make a decision, to accept Him or reject Him. And if we accept Him, He gives us the right to become the very children of God by believing in the name of Jesus. We need to understand something this morning. There's no man on this earth that has ever lived a good enough life to be a Savior for mankind except one, and that was Jesus. We need to understand that. It took the Son of God to come to this earth to make a sacrifice so that we might be saved. There is, there is no man that is good enough to make salvation on his own. It took the very Son of God in order to do that. So now let's look at another account that shows us that Jesus is the Son of God. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3 verse 13. Matthew chapter 3 And verse 13, there's a couple of instances while Jesus is walking on the face of the earth that God announces from heaven, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. As a matter of fact, at this baptism, when Jesus is baptized, we see Jesus in the flesh. We hear the voice of God from heaven and we see the Spirit of God Descending from heaven as a dove that lands or or lights upon Jesus and comes into Him. So we see all three manifested right here in one's place. In Matthew chapter 3 verse 13 it says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to the Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answered unto him, Suffer it be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Oh, I wish I could preach a sermon right there on why Jesus came to be baptized. Because Jesus had no sin, alright? In order for Him to, to be a high priest, He had to be baptized like all the other high priests on the earth to fulfill what the Bible bears out a high priest should go through. So that's, that's, that was free. Verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, he went straight up out of the water, and lo, the heavens opened up unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lit it lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in who I am well pleased. Now let me tell you, that either happened or this Bible is a lie. That either happened or we, we're just sitting here reading fairy tales. I read a sermon the other day and that was, that, was, uh, that was posted online and it was written out. And as I was reading through the sermon, I, I, I agreed. I don't necessarily agree with everything I read. Okay? I, I, I know enough discernment of what the Scripture says that I don't take for granted that everything somebody writes. But I mean, this was true and, and it was godly. Well, there were over 3,000 comments. Or responses to this sermon ninety nine percent of these comments were something to this effect. What a fairy tale! Are you kidding? Is this a joke and it was comments, and it was talking about and denying that the Bible has truth in it and and they they were making mocking the the word of God, mocking the truth of the Word of God, mocking God, mocking the existence of Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's more evident in the world than we might think. We live in the Bible Belt. We don't hear this much. But I want you to know, as the world goes, the world rejects Jesus as the Son of God. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7, He said, "...the road to destruction is wide." And many be there that go down that road. But the gate of the road that leads to everlasting life is narrow, and few there be that find it. The majority of the world rejects Jesus as being the Son of God. So when we see this, understand this is either a lie or it's the truth. Jesus was baptized when He began His ministry, and when He was baptized, the heavens opened up, The Spirit descended, and God Almighty spoke and said, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. There's another incident. If you look in Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, verse number 4, Jesus takes His disciples. He takes three of His disciples, Peter, James, and John. All the rest of them are left at the bottom of the hill, and He goes to the top of this mountain. And when He goes to the top of this mountain, we call it the Mount of Transfiguration. This is where Jesus goes up and they see Jesus as He will be in His glory. In other words, they described when they looked at Jesus as it was like looking into the sun because He was so bright. But notice what it says there in Mark chapter 9 and verse number 4. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say because they were so frightened. (laughs) Did did you notice what that just said? Peter didn't know what what to say, but he just opened his mouth and kept talking anyway. You, You know, when we read about old Peter, he does that a lot. He just opens up his mouth and goes to talking. But verse number 7, it says this, Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my Son, God speaking. This is my Son, whom I love. Listen to Him. Again, either this is the truth, or this is the lie. Every one of us here have to make a decision whether we're going to take and accept the Bible as truth or a lie. I tell you what, if you think this Bible is a lie, you'd be a whole lot better off out on the lake this morning fishing or doing something else that interests you. I I, I tell you, if you believe the Word of God and what it is saying, you are in the right place this morning because it tells us to assemble ourselves together such as we are and learn about who Jesus is and what He has done for us, and to give Him honor and glory and praise for what He has done and accomplished for us. So we're doing, you're in the right place. But we need to understand, not everybody believes what this Scripture says. But God spoke from heaven and said, This is my Son, on more than one occasion He spoke. And He told people about Jesus. Now we read in John chapter 1 where it says, And he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Speaking of his own, he came to the Jews. And he came to the Jews because Jesus is a promise that God gave to Abraham that his seed would bless the whole world, and that his seed would come and sit on on a throne uh, in the descendants of David. All of this was a promise, and Jesus came. Listen, we read in the book of Matthew where Jesus came to be the king. He says, listen, he says, go and preach, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know why the kingdom of heaven was at hand? Because the king was here. The king had arrived. But he tells us, he said, he came into his own, and his own received him not. In one particular place in John chapter 10 and verse number 27, this is what Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees that are gathered there. John chapter 10 and verse 27. I'll wait on you. I I love to hear you turn in your Bible. John chapter 10, verse number 27. It says this. (coughs) Jesus says, As these Pharisees and the Sadducees are gathered around, He said, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them and they follow me and i give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of the hand out of my hand my father which gave them to me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand oh now watch this statement jesus tells them this i and my father are one Oh, oh, do you know what that done to the Jewish people? Notice that next verse. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Well, they took up stones to stone him because he just made himself a relative of God. Jesus came real, real close to saying that I am God. He didn't say that, but he did say, I and the Father are one. One. Now, that's about as close as you can get to me, him saying, I am God. And when he said that to these people, he says, listen, they said, we don't believe you. We don't believe you. As a matter of fact, we believe you're telling a lie. We believe that you're blaspheming. And they were taking up stones, and they were fixing to take Jesus outside the city and stone him for what he said. Watch this. That was not the only time. In John chapter 8 and verse 58. Well, notice, before you turn, notice what it says again. It says, and then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Well, look in, look in John 8 and 58. Just one page back in my Bible. John chapter 8 and verse 58. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was... I am. In other words, Jesus was speaking to them, and He says, Listen, before Abraham was on this earth, I was on this earth. And I want you to know, they crinkled their face at Him, and they said, That is not possible. As a matter of fact, it says, Then took up they stones to cast at Him, but Jesus hid Himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. They were so appalled. They rejected that Jesus was the Son of God. They rejected that He was the light of the world. They rejected that He was the Messiah. They again took up stones to stone Him because He spoke to them the truth of what the Word of God was. Let's look in one more place. John chapter 5. I know this is kind of a long one. John chapter 5. I will tell you that one of the reasons that we know that the the book of John is in chronological order, we can see three different times where Jesus went to three different Passovers. The Passover, which takes place once a year, so you can track the time by His appearances at these Passovers. Chapter 5 is in the second year, and He was at a feast... Uh, down in Jerusalem. Let's begin reading in chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethsaida, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, uh, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season unto the pool, And troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity, thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been there now a long time, in that case he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Well, the impotent man answered him, Sir... I have no one when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and he took up his bed, and he walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, Is it the Sabbath day? Is it not lawful for thee to carry thy bed? He answered them, "He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up my bed and walk." Then asked they, "What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk?" And it was, and, and he that was healed uh, would not. He did not know who it was. So Jesus had conveyed himself away, and the multitude being in that place. Afterward Jesus found him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered him and said, My Father's work hereinto, and I work. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but also that God said that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. I, I, I want you to know that when you go through the book of John, you're going to see, as it mentioned in John chapter 20. He said, listen, I wrote all these things so that you will know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. All through the Scriptures in John, you're going to see how the Jewish people reject, reject, reject that Jesus is the Son of God. It just just broke my heart the other day when I was watching that interview that these people just, they so misunderstand who Jesus is. They so misunderstand the Old Testament that proclaims and professes and prophesies about Jesus, the one to come. Don't miss out on Jesus. There is, there is salvation in no other name under heaven but Jesus. So when we read in the book of John, let's understand that it leaves us no doubt who Jesus is. If you believe the Word of God and you believe what it says about who Jesus is, there is only one way of salvation, and that's through Jesus. Have you been to Jesus for that cleansing blood? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been touched by the hand of Jesus? and your soul and your heart made, made clean? This morning is a time that we should reassure ourselves of what we believe about the Son of God. If Jesus is the Son of God, we should serve Him with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind. If He's not, then we should live the way we want to live That's that's really the choices. But there shouldn't be any between ground. Are you sold out to serving Jesus, the Son of God? Let's stand together and we'll go to the Lord in a word of prayer. And, And I want to ask the question, have you decided to follow Jesus? Have you decided to follow Jesus? Fathers, we come to this point in the time in the service when... We're offering up an invitation on how we should respond to the words that have been spoken this morning. There's clear evidence all through, all through the Bible, but even more so right here in the book of John, that you are who you say you are. God, I pray that we would be challenged this morning to step out and put our faith and trust in you for eternity. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You respond.